Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Grow the show if you know. For Joe and Tom, for everyone. Oh, spread the word. Have you heard Joe Marla's show? Joe Marla's show. You've brought a mouth organ to the studio today, Joe. No, I haven't. <laughs> Stitch up. <laughs> I haven't got a mouth organ with me, Tom. I've got a harmonica. Okay. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please. Okay. Oh, you've been practising. Hang on. <laughs> you're, you're sucking, not blowing. Fuck, I'm out of breath. Is that Adele? Get a guess, Tom. Our guest today is a flight attendant. Hello, Damien. Hello. (laughs) Damien, we're not actually allowed to use your real name, so we've somehow chosen the child from The Omen as the best name for you. Okay, yeah. And Damien Joe flies with Marla Airlines, is that correct? We'll go with Marla Airlines today. I always thought I'd say air hostess. I have been called that many times in in my life. But it's not, it's flight attendant. Flight attendant, cabin crew, um, and then you have, you can either have uh, a purser. So what does a purser do? Because a purser often gets mentioned, Joe, don't they? No, I've the never heard of a purser, someone who nicks purses. <laughs> a purser? Yeah, that's... Are you saying it right? Yes. <laughs> do you mean bursa? No. Because <laughs> a bursa, I think, is uh, a sack of fluid. Oh no, joint... So you're not saying Bursa? I'm not saying Bursa. So go with Bursa. What's Going a Bursa? Go with Bursa. Bursa is the person that's in charge on board uh, an aircraft. The uh, captain? No, no, of the cabin crew team. Oh, okay. So they're the, they're the boss. So they're called Pursers? They used to be called Pursers. There's now some different terms for them. There's uh, in-charge cabin crew. Uh, Pursers cab- better than that. In-charge cabin crew. Yeah. That is the shittest term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your job? Well, I'm a flight attendant. Oh, just a flight attendant. No, actually, I'm in charge cabin crew. It's not even a sentence. ICCM. That's That's better. better. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got a special announcement voice? Can we hear it? Well, I usually give the crew a choice of two. They can either either have uh, hello, good morning, and welcome to BBC Radio 4. (laughs) Or, (laughs) Or they can have Good morning. Welcome to local radio. <laughs> I fucking love both of them. I would, I would insist if I was your crew, I would insist that you do half and half. So you like really confuse them. Um, good morning, everybody. I hope you're sitting comfortably and the flight's going really well. And uh, food is just about to be brought out, so please, please be ready. <laughs> Do you use the same voice or the same range of voices for the emergency exit chat? Well, 
that's a good one because when you're doing the emergency uh, announcements, basically you're stood at the back of the plane looking up the the aisle and all the crew are stood there looking at you. So what oh, you're trying yeah. what you're really trying to do is make them break and make <laughs> them laugh. So you either go really quickly <laughs> so that they have to, you know, <laughs> chuck on the life jacket, do it up and then point out the exits really quickly. Or you you change it up, you start quick, go slow. <laughs> Put on a different accent. Uh, <laughs> I flew. I flew with this girl once, and she was very well spoken. And she, she was like, oh, "Are you going to do the emergency announcements?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do those. I'll do those for you." And uh, we, we stood there wait, waiting, got my safety card up, and all of a sudden, the broadish Welsh accent. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, I was just like this, hiding behind my safety card, my shoulders going, crying with laughter. Crying and of course, it. none of the passengers know that she's not Welsh. They just think that's normal. So until she breaks, she's yeah. going around with the food and she's "Hello, darling. What Hello, would you darling. like today? Yeah. What the fuck is going on with your voice? Like, oh, so I, I love what do you want for your dinner today? Yeah. Then you have a red wine with it. Uh, do you get?" fucked off when no one listens oh yeah because i'll be honest like when you sit on a flight when i go away with the team and stuff like that i'll sit there with my headphones on and i'll, I'll crack on with the netflix straight away and then i, I get worried because there's judgment there's definitely judgment eyes coming from the cabin crew like would you just listen to this please this is important if yeah. we crash <laughs> you need to actually know what to do but my mindset is, if we crash, we're fucked. So why do I need to know what to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll be fucked. Ju- let me just enjoy Handmaid's Tale. You know, I need to squeeze it in. It's only a two-hour flight. I want to get a couple of episodes in. I'm sorry. But do you actually get really fucked off? Yeah, you stood there. You're, you're looking at people and you're like, you're not going to watch. You're not going to watch. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Brilliant. So there is that judgment going. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And if someone's watching really intently, they like during the service, you're extra nice to that person. Oh, are you? <laughs> it's like, like that's the one thing I've got to do that's important. You there you know? go. There <laughs> it's you like, go. Pay Tom, attention to me. That's what we've got to do. Yeah. Next time we're like... Yeah. Just eye... Mind you, what if it goes the other way and we eyeball the fuck Too out much. of you? And you're Drink like, you oh my God. Yeah, then you're... It's making me feel really Then creepy. you're back in the galley going, that, that guy <laughs> that guy in 3F, look out for him. He looks really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, it's really, really hard to overstate the importance of trees. Did you know that? Is it? It's, it's, it's Tell me more. Because they debuted or debuted over 300 million years ago. Hang on, are you claiming that something in nature debuts? Yeah, it debuted. Well, it might, well why not? It debuted. It, it just turned up and did, made its first appearance 300 million, million years ago. <laughs> that counts. That's the definition of a debut. Do you ever worry you've been in sport for too long? On Joel Marler's show. Our guest today is Bexy Cameron. So, Bexy, you grew up in a cult called the Children of God. Um, tell us a bit more about the children of God. Sounds quite nice from the outside. Doesn't it? Just children of God. We're all children of God. Yeah, it's good branding, isn't it, considering what branding. they got up to. It was started by a man called David Berg in 1968. Essentially, he was a predator. He was a paedophile. Um, I don't know if I can swear on this show. You do what the fuck you want to do He on this was show. an absolute piece of shit, essentially, <laughs> is how I would describe this man. And I wanted more. 
<laughs> we were a fucking gone, piece of shit. Or? You'd gone like obviously describing him with the the proper words without <clears throat> swearing, and they were dark enough. Yeah. And then when you said, "Can we swear?" I wanted more yeah. than just he was a he was a piece of shit. I wanted he was a fucking cunt bag. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, that was the other way. That was completely the other way. The, but the thing that's interesting about it for me is this man had like he stole so much of my airtime as a child because we had to listen to his ramblings every single day. Everything from what he dreamt that night to his bowel movements. We would have what? to listen to he would write about how he'd taken a shit that day and it's just like he was put on this pedestal and he shouldn't have been. So when I say he was a piece of shit it's because I want to reduce him to what he was he was a man who should have never been in the position that he was he was a man who should have never been able to persuade people that he was a channel to god and somehow he did i don't know how much you guys know about the children of god but some of their bigger beliefs were things like flirty fishing which essentially getting the mums to be prostitutes for jesus i will have sex with you you give me money and that's my way of showing you the lord's love i mean it's genius in a way isn't it to kind of come up with that Flirty, flirty fishing again. A really How nice brand. How the fuck have they named that? Flirty, flirty fishing sounds like a party game, it doesn't it? It sounds quite, you know, it sounds quite jazz handsy. As soon as it? you said flirty fishing, I went, oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but okay. I wanted a little bit more to it, and then you discovered. I was like, fuck it, I didn't want that much. I did not. Want <laughs> That is horrible. So basically, it comes from a Bible verse, again, easily kind of twisted words from the scripture, which was, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, which is something that Jesus said to his disciples. David Berg turned that into, join my group and I'll turn you into a prostitute. So uh, I mean, it's quite a step change in the message. Isn't it? But that's what he'd managed to do was take scriptures and twist them to his own benefit. So, for example, he are we lived by something that we called the law of love. And the law of love, again, comes from a Bible verse. But what he turned that into was you can have a child bride and you can sexually abuse children. We were raised to believe that we were going to be X-Men. You know, we were raised to believe that we would have superpowers and that we were going to fight in the end time wars and that we were going to be martyrs in this massive battle that was going to happen and take seven years and we were all going to die within that. And I've got to say, you know, when you're raised to believe that you're going to have lasers coming out of your eyes and you're going to breathe fire, which is what we were told and what I 100% believed, because why wouldn't I? And then you turn into a teenager, puberty hits, no lasers come, no fire comes. It's absolutely gutting. Yeah, that's really upsetting. <laughs> it's it? gutting, isn't it? Yeah, instead of lasers, you get a period. Exactly. You're like, oh, uh, well, this is devastated. What I, this is what I yeah. hadn't been promised. This is yeah, bullshit. this is this is not the promise. But that sounds great. Yeah. As in, as a kid, you're like, yeah, this yeah. is fucking brilliant, and you believe it all. Totally. And but we were told we were the chosen ones. So imagine the contrast in being told that you're the chosen one and that you're going to have these superpowers. But what you're doing on a day to day basis is you're completely controlled. You're being punished in horrendous ways and you are the workforce. But you'll be you keep being told that you're the chosen one and that you're so lucky to have been born where you've been born. And we were like, are we? Because I don't know if you guys know this. I was put on silence restriction for a year when I was 10 years old. Which means... Which means I wasn't allowed to speak for a year. A year? A year. A yeah. year? Yeah, a year. Well, it was 11 months. 12 months? months. It, was a, it was 11 months, but, you know. A year. Six yeah. of one. I had my first exorcism at the age of nine years old, and then I had this sign restriction for a year, so take you a hard pass. You had an exorcism at nine? <laughs> Just casually threw that in. Fucking hell, mate. A whole bunch of other stuff, like public beatings, like isolation, all kinds of things that you just wouldn't do to kids. And they put us into these camps at where we were just put under these extreme forms of punishments to create stronger soldiers for 
for the end time. And I asked my parents about this, like, why did you allow this to happen? And my dad just simply went, well, we were told that it worked in the Philippines. So we said, yeah, go for it. So they were creating these methods in different groups and they were sharing them around between all of the communities. And then they were just blindly doing whatever they were told to do to us. In this country, that's where this, I had my, my exorcism happened outside of rugby. Hang on, what? Outside of rugby? Outside what of rugby. What? In, what's a fucking exorcism? <laughs> well, it depends. There's many ways to do it. For my one, essentially, was I got caught lying and they decided to change my name to Rebecca the Deceiver. And essentially all they did, that, that there wasn't any potions or any smoke and fire, none of the cool stuff that you get in, like, Catholic Church, you know, none of the traditional, like, smoke and mirrors and fancy bits. It was more me crouched over in the middle of a living room while I had the entire community putting their hands on me, speaking in tongues and casting out my evil demons. Now, you know, it's sounds dramatic and it, it sounds scary it was as really fuck, scary yeah. and i had and i had what i know now was my first panic attack during that experience like at the time i couldn't verbalize it i just thought that i was dying because my lungs were collapsing in on themselves and the thing that's what i had to unpick as an adult because you know I could be quite flippant about these experiences when I was in my 20s. You know, I was trying to like just get over it. So I, you know, be drinking. I'd be, oh, yeah, I had an exorcism and just like pretend like it was all cool. And then what I had to unpick in the last few years was like, well, what did that exorcism do to me? I had everybody in my community telling me that I had a demon inside me. And then I'm an adult trying, struggling with these feelings, which potentially we all kind of feel, which is I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And at, at the core of that, am I evil? Because that's what I was told. And in reality, I'm actually pretty fucking nice. And I was like... Can I make that call at the end of... Of, <laughs> of course you can. Yeah, no, cool. But I'm, I'm interested about this year of silence again that you said you were, you were punished for. Yeah. Right, so 11 months of pretty much no speaking at all. Essentially... It wasn't just about not being able to talk. When I was on, when you're on sign restriction, you have to wear a, a sign around your neck that says, I'm on sign restriction, please do not talk to me. For like 11 months. It's like, what? come on, guys. Everyone knows. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's essentially like being branded with the scarlet letter, which again has an effect on you. You're not allowed to make eye contact. You're not allowed to use hand signals. You're not allowed to laugh or do any form of communication. And that, I think, was almost more damaging than not being able to speak because you walk into a room and everyone looks down. Or you have to constantly look down. So while I was in a commune of about 100 people, I was completely invisible. Do you remember the first day that you did speak again? Absolutely. 100%. What was the first thing you said? Hey. You went with so, hey. Yeah. You had a year so, of No, but listen, none. listen. And then you went, you could have picked any word in the world to really start again. You went with hey. Well, let me give you an explanation as to it. So basically, I was never taken off sign restrictions, so I shouldn't really be speaking to you now. Well, that would make a really, really <laughs> shit podcast. <laughs> Like, but, uh, this is a bad podcast, yeah. as it is. <laughs> that would make it bad. Imagine. We essentially, we jo we moved Commune out of this camp that we were in. And I was never taken off silent restriction, but I saw this girl who was my age, wild-eyed, frizzy-haired, who was also on, on silence restriction. And I could see that there was something like, you know when you have a connection with somebody? And I was told I had to sleep in her. We were sharing a bed, a bunk bed. And I'd never, like, you know, to share a bed with someone you don't know is a bit weird anyway but especially if you can't talk to them and I climbed into bed and I hadn't talked to anyone for nearly a year and as I climbed in this girl Maria who was on silence restriction as well turned around to me in the dark and she just went hey and I was like hey 
And it was the first thing I'd said in nearly a year. And it's the first time anyone's spoken to me in all that time. So even though it I, sounds silly, I, it actually, even when I think about it now, it makes me feel really emotional. because I feel like crying. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> um, because it was a really... <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> It was a really important moment. That, I it, feel like that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So and I've it, gone from like mocking the choice of word to now crying about the, <laughs> <laughs> the choice of word and how it went down. That is yeah. just so sad. Mm, but beautiful but in a way. But also really, really warming that yeah. she turned she, around and went... Pow. She's still my best friend now. So, you know, it was a friendship. that She was my first real friend and we started talking in secret together and we just built this bond. And, you know, now we've, you know, obviously both left and we're still, you know, thick as thieves now. So it was an important, it was a really important moment. It was my, you know, it was my escape route out of there as well. Hello, I'm Katie Puckrick. Haven't I seen you on Wikipedia? Because I'm there every day. I've got a new podcast called Dot Com, the documentary series about the people of the internet, starting with Wikipedia. Yeah, sure, it's just a little website. This is a hidden world. But it's not. And it's fascinating. I mean, how could Wikipedia not be corrupt at this point? Search for Dot Com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe now. How? Today's guest is a pest controller, and his name is Paul. Welcome, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. What is what's a pet? What's definition of a pest? Surely it's that's subjective. <laughs> uh, pests? Well, it could be anything really. I mean, rodent, tick off, rats, mice, squirrels. But are they pests? Uh, what, they, if I, what if I I enjoy looking at a squirrel? Why is that a pet? Uh, what, what about if it was in your say your loft, eating all your um, memorabilia from your England days? How the fuck do you know <laughs> my memorabilia is in the loft? Or is it loft. on the walls then? No, it's on. It's in the loft. It's just in the loft. There in you a go. big bucket. Because most most, most people, anything they don't want down in the house, all goes up in the loft. Okay, yeah. So right. pests you get in the loft are rats, mice, and squirrels. And I mean, I've been in situations where I had a lady situation where she had a, a wedding dress in the oh, uh, in the no. loft um, and she before uh, or after she'd worn it or was it uh, well she didn't get it out every month just to do a parade <laughs> of it, uh, it, was, it was, I think it was up there for a few years and um, yeah she had she she called me because she'd heard noises in, in the loft in the evening uh, generally when she was asleep and it was like scratching noises like this. and she was like obviously say it's gone up there couldn't see anything um, anyway I think they sent the old man up there and he, he found some like evidence of like droppings that's the first thing we look for like when we go up people's lofts. So gave me a call, gone up there, and uh, well, it's like it's like a bomb site up there. Was it? Yeah, it was squirrels, and they terrorised everything. They'd bitten into uh, all the boxes. His LP's got taken out of the game as well. No, um, and all the wedding from a squirrel as yeah, well. Yeah, fucking squirrel. Yeah, and I've then, really changed my mind on squirrels. Yeah, you don't want to keep them as pets. Was it a grey squirrel? Oh, it was a grey squirrel. Well, there you go. Uh, and uh, yeah, and they went for a wedding wedding dress and basically pissed over it all as well. <laughs> So instead of white, it was yellow. Yeah. And I've also had that before with rats because rats will shit over it all as well. How did the squirrels get in? So basically what they do, uh, they had a big overhanging tree and it's gone up a tree, gone onto the gutter, walked all the way along the gutter and chewed through the uh, fascia board, got into the loft because it can literally chew through wood, everything like that. Because the thing is with squirrels, rats, mice, is that the same? Their front teeth continuously grow. So they have to chew stuff to wear it down. What? That, what? Is, that is how they operate. Their teeth always grow? Always grow. 
So, like, with men, apparently our noses and our ears always grow. Yeah, speak for yourself, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucked, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I'm 31. When, when My nose older. and ears are the size of this. I'm fucked. I'm not getting that old. Um, but their teeth just grow and grow, grow and, and grow. Grow and grow, yeah. Rats. I mean, I've, I've, I've pulled out rats in I'll tell you some of the situations I've pulled out rats. And some of the teeth, yeah. Like, what, two inches long? Yeah. And also, the problem is, if they don't do that, they can't eat. Because their teeth like will, will then uh, get stuck with the bottom ones and they can't eat and they don't. Oh, I'm starting Whoa. to feel a little bit... I'm, hang on, the emotions, you've spun me around in the first couple of minutes. I've gone from, <laughs> what's wrong with squirrels, they're so cute and thingy, to then squirrels are twats. Yeah. To then... Then they can't eat. And then rats and squirrels can't eat and I feel sorry for them again. Yeah, well, a lot of people obviously feed them in the garden, but that has, sometimes there's a reverse effect because they feed them there and then they go in and then the neighbours loft and, and uh, hibernate and then they have kids up there. Is it is it a sign that if you've got rats or a mice no, it's not. infestation that you've got a dirty house? Not generally, no. I mean, I've been in property where people, are, you know, I walk in some kitchens and I'm like, oh, wow. What is it, hor- horrific? Oh, my God. <laughs> what people, smell? What's the worst? Well, people what's say, the worst you've seen? People always say to me, they say, um, you know, what's the worst, you know, what's the worst piss? And there's lots. But for me... Oh, no, I know. You know where you're going. You know where I'm coming from. It's how people live. Yeah. Oh. Right. That, is, that is for me is one thing that when I come into this industry, I was like, well, I'm going to be shocked by a lot of things. But that, by far, is the most fundamental thing that shocked shop, uh, shop me by far. What's the worst house you've seen? It's, it's one of those things where you wipe your feet on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> so, worst house I see, I mean, I've, I've had plenty, mate. I mean, worst house I've probably seen was the house that uh, had an issue. A big issue with uh, cockroaches. Oh, oh God. So, got a call, landlord. Uh, yeah, one of my tenants has a problem with some bugs in the kitchen. <laughs> so, he's seen a few bugs, few, uh, bugs apparently, uh, on, on the kitchen units. I was like, all right, so I'm thinking possibly cockroaches. Who knows? So, sometimes you don't really know because you get, you know, you don't get the full gist of the story. My client is the is the landlord not the not the tenant so get get the address turn up monday morning 12 o'clock uh, most people at work knock on the door all the curtains closed for it's a bit strange <laughs> a bit strange uh so it's a big flat above uh, above a shop uh open the door woman standing there smoking so i was like right. <laughs> all the curtains closed midday i was like Ev- everyone up <laughs> oh you're you here for the bugs i was like yeah 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 so uh and it was quite a bizarre setup it was uh one kitchen one bathroom but two families shared uh two bedrooms in there okay so as soon as the doors opened i can smell it cockroaches you can what? smell cockroaches what do they smell like damp musty stale it actually smells a lot like my undercarriage most days. <laughs> I was going to say, have we got cockroaches in here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I thought, yes, yeah, cockroaches straight away. So very dark, so I've pulled open a couple of curtains. So I'm, I'm walking in the sort of hallway, down the left. In, so I'm walking towards the kitchen, already seen sat on the floor, scuttle. Because the way cockroaches, they're really quick. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah. As soon as you've got light on them, it's really dark, this kitchen at the moment. Quite a big kitchen, probably about three times the size of this. So I've gone in there with a torch, put the torch on. And I've looked at the wall, and the whole wall's moving. Oh, no. my God. Every fi- everything's going behind units. It's <gasps> oh, like this. Oh, God. It's going up there, like, running up running up the walls, and it's warm in there. And there's things with cockroaches, things they like. Heat, there's a boiler in there. Uh, food, food everywhere on the fucking floor. <gasps> Spill- food spillages everywhere. Like, literally, I can look at the plimps, you know, like the bits of wood at the bottom, yeah. and I can see the food going up. 
No. I'm like, how the fuck do people live like that? That's just, well, that's just what I said earlier, didn't I? That how is a they, thing. That's fucking minging. So I'm I'm looking around. Uh, I was like, right, I'm just going to pop pop the van. I want to get pop, put all my suit on and stuff because I think this is this is dirty in here. <laughs> so I come back. As, I mean, don't get cockroaches. It's just clean ass. Put it on. <laughs> So I come back in. I've got to put my suit on. It's dirty in here. <laughs> come back in, and uh, so I've got to talk to her, open the windows a bit, get a bit more light. And she's standing there, eating a bit of toast. I'm saying you've got a bit of issue with cockroaches. Oh, they're cockroaches. Oh, yeah, I've seen a few. Uh, I said, listen, <laughs> I said, listen, you've got more than a few. I've, I've probably already estimated about five hundred ish, and that's just on one side of the of the kitchen. Oh, so I'm starting put, opening these units. There's all the cups. Pulled out a cup. Turn it upside down. Five or six fell out of that. Oh, oh fucking hell. Pulled out the drawers. All the cutlery full of cockroaches. Oh. That gets worse, because then I get to the food cupboard. Oh, my God. Pulled out the loaf of bread. Yeah? No. I emptied the loaf of bread. All of them fell out there. Looked in the toaster. <laughs> yeah? Turn the toaster upside down. It all come out there. Turn to her. I said, uh, that bit of toast you're just eating, was that from that loaf and in that toaster? She goes... Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said I suggest you spit that out. Then. Hello there. Uh, surprised to hear from me. You shouldn't be. I am on this podcast. But I know what you're thinking. You were thinking this is just a compilation of material we've already done. Well, yes and no. I'm here now with some original content and an opportunity. You see, we've got a signed Quinn shirt. To be more specific, that is a shirt worn by the champions of England, Harlequins, and signed by Mr. Joseph Marler. Even better than that, you can have it. But there is a catch. We would like something in return. We would like you to grow the show this Christmas, and you've got until January the 1st to do it. Here's what you've got to do. Go to Instagram or Twitter, your choice, although it does have to be one of those. Then write something along the lines of, you should listen to the Joe Marler Show, Best Bits episode, really good introduction if you haven't heard the show, probably my favourite podcast, or something that sounds more like you. Tag three mates, tag at Joe Marler Show, use the hashtag Grodishaw, and if you do all of that, you go into the draw to win the signed shirt, as worn by the Premiership Champions. Now, we're not going to advertise this outside the podcast. It's just for you, our actual listeners. So that does increase the chances of you winning it too. So just a quick recap for you. Instagram or Twitter, write something about how amazing the show is and then tag three mates. Tag at Joe Marler Show, use the hashtag GrowTheShow and you are in business. Now, if you're into rugby, you might enjoy this next bit too. See, we've actually done some pure rugby episodes, well, sort of pure rugby episodes this year, partly because Joe didn't get picked for the Lions, didn't put himself forward, and because he got COVID in England camp, and Quinns were really good, etc, etc. So, here are some of our best rugby bits, starring Joe, Ben Youngs, Adam Jones, James Haskell, Rory Best, and of course, Dan Razzy the Cola Bear Cole. Whoever came up with this idea that we'd do some fucking lion specials? Rory, Rory's obviously got dial-up. Dial-up. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, he's using dial-up. He's got he's got a thousand megabytes of data, and he's just used it trying to enter this call. Do you remember in New Zealand when we we had that internet, and it was like you can have five hundred megabytes oh, yeah. for like thirty quid, and you'd open your laptop oh. and download an email, and it'd be gone. Where and was like, that? Fucking... Was in a, that fucking hotel? Oh, that was in the middle of nowhere. There was only like it was 20 a cold place. Uh, Sky City, wasn't it? Where it's like you got 50 megabytes free, 
and that was literally yeah. <laughs> you were done, weren't you? It was so oh, yeah, bad. That's why the Kiwis love rugby so much because there's fucking nothing else to do. Oh. It's like you know, I should go on the internet and watch Netflix. No, no, we, we could watch two minutes of a Netflix documentary before the whole of the internet ran out. Right, Tom, are you starting this or am I? <clears throat> I think you got to do your usual introduction. Got to finish beef jerky, and I. Yeah, at best, he's not on here anymore, so he might show up. Okay. Am I on like a really budget version of you being framed? Have I just been <laughs> wasting my evening? I thought the Joe Marler show was a highly executive produced chart topping show. I'm supposed to be at dinner at my mum's house in bloody Berkshire at the moment. Well, I've held, held <laughs> off been at dinner at my mother's house, bloody Berkshire. <laughs> yeah. bloody, oh. Berkshire. bloody Berkshire. Joe, what's Elliot Daly like? Hairy, even the soles of his feet. You know, like diamonds under soles of his shoes. It's <laughs> hair on the soles of his feet. Do you know what I do like? Tom Kerry, what's he like? Is he a nice boy? Lovely kitty. He is physically just a wonderful specimen. And yeah. a lot of that's down to his dad, who okay. would come into uh, him and his brother's room most mornings with two shakers. And he'd tell me that he'd have like a raw, like six egg raw. Six egg shake. To do what is nice. Deep yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, that's involved. So you, ba- so you basically imagine how you're going to poach an egg in water. Yeah, but you do that in a deep fryer. Oh, oh fuck oh. off! Oh, honest fuck to God, does it crisp up on the outside? Oh, like, like you wouldn't believe. Do we to do the introduction? I'll read it. <laughs> he's nearly there, James. Oh, I'd he? say he's five seconds away from snapping out. <laughs> this happened with Tim Peake. This is so this happened with Michelle Rue. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Fucking hell! Yeah, this better be good, this intro. This time! Right, you lot are in for a treat today. I've rounded up three guests for you. Dan Cole, James Haskell, and we're hoping Rory Best will turn up at some point and sabotage it all. Um, so, yeah, Dan and James, Welcome. Thanks for having us. I knew you were going to pause really long. I knew it. I could see it in your fucking face. It's so awkward. But I did find, like, you know, social distance in social isolation. That was fine. I just haven't lived my life forever. So, um, right. <laughs> you've never been happier. You've never been happier. I mean, I don't have to leave the house. You know- All right, then. I don't have to talk to anyone. That's fine. Yeah. My my favourite bit about Coley is you know, you know you're really good friends with him. After about 10 years, he looks you in the eye. It's sort of like... Oh, oh hang oh. on. We might be... Oh, we we might be... Um, blessed with the present of Sir Best. Jesus Christ. You not you not get one of your minions or servants to sort it all out? Yeah, you're going to have to help me somewhere or another. How do I get... Why does he sound like he's talking through a potato? <laughs> How do I get and, uh, you know, your permissions to... He's, he's Have you got the- any headphones, Rory? This would be my first question. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, are you, are you recording this on a typewriter? <laughs> he's on- can you hear me now? He's got a baked bean can with a string. <laughs> can you hear me? Fuck's sake. Right. Yes. Yeah, we can yes. hear you. <laughs> it sounds like you're shouting very loudly from Ireland. <laughs> yeah, open my window, I might be able to hear you. Give it a second. <laughs> 
yeah, give me 10 or 15 minutes till I find some. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. Hold on. You need them to be plugged in. <laughs> Do the headphones have to work? <laughs> Do you reckon Rory at home has one of those telephones that you pick up and hold to the ear and go, hello, this is 243, Belfast. Do you <laughs> a couple of boys had gotten really quite loose and one of which was um, Sexton and he was getting leery. I remember him shouting out, our tips, did you shag Gats's wife or what? And we were like, what the fuck? Because he was angling the whole time to be like, why is Tiprick one of the greatest... Um, number sevens in the world at the time in in Johnny's opinion how the hell is he not starting in all these test matches Like, and he was just shouting it as loud as he can did you fuck Gats' wife or something what the fuck is going on and we're like oh god where do we look someone needs to escort Johnny out of the court session otherwise this isn't going to take place and you just saw um, Warby slowly sinking into his chair like, oh, God. <laughs> Next question, Joe. In fact, Dan, this one is one for you. This is from Richard Kellaway, who says, Chris Harris alongside Farrell worked well. Hi, Richard. Yes, it did. Do you know any of the other 13s? Yeah, yeah, loads. Um, <laughs> there's... Uh... Fucking hell. I'm, I, I really hope people tune into this show. Just for our breakdown and opinion on the twelve thirteen <laughs> fucking centre combinations for the test team. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. We are yeah, just, completely just edit that full out, of shit. Edit that out. We don't we don't want to know about that, do we? I, I my best answer was yes they did. So let's just cut that there. Yeah, it was <laughs> I slept at the stoop in box fourteen. Um <laughs> having my car was in the, at the stoop, like locked in it um, for safety, obviously. And I got there and it was about four o'clock in the morning and I had to break into the stoop. So I jumped over the gates, like got a load of bins and put them up against the fence and jumped over the gates. And then I was looking, I was shouting, anyone here, anyone here? Everything was locked. I was starving as well. I hadn't eaten. Then I found the gardener's like cabin open and it had all these keys in. And I went, brilliant. I'll be all right then. I'll be able to get out of here. And then I found one that said box 14 external, box 14 internal. So I just took box 14, went up there, opened it up. Happy days. There was crisps in there. There was all <gasps> these like, there was biscuits, there was blankets, there was a couple of sofas. Like it was set out really nice. Not like I'd noticed it before. And then I remember speaking to DC about f- half five. He was crying his eyes out, saying, mate, this is amazing. This is feels like the best one ever. This is my favourite. This is incredible. It feels... He was like, where are you? I was like, box 14 at the stoop. He was like, what? What is the matter with you? I was like, yeah, I need to get some kit. And then I got woke up at seven. This woman coming in with the lights on, like dressed in a nurse's outfit. What? Not one of those. Not one of those. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then I, now I could see everything. I was at the vaccination centre at the stoop. <laughs> <laughs> I was asleep on the sofa, <laughs> Eat, having eaten all their crisps. I was like, I'm so sorry, I've got to leave now. Sorry, but Cool. Yeah, I'm sorry, I get nervous because it's Patreon. I always get, like, I get told off first time I ever did it, so it's now a... I get a twitch. Um, right. This podcast is... I'll start again. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by James McDonald. 
who had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. To be more like James, go to patreon.com, search for The Joe Marler Show, and become an official sponsor today. He's nailed and, it. Thank you. Come on. Fuck <laughs> it out. <laughs> what have you got to say? Spit it out for fuck's sure. sake. Casa Amor's on. For fuck's sake, get it out. He's <laughs> <laughs> gone. <laughs> My old mucker, Ben Youngs. Ben, thanks for joining us, mate. How are you? Pleasure. I'm good, mate. Do you know Marla's record for snack in bed is 12 <laughs> packs of quavers? That is disgusting. <laughs> was Daisy in there at the same time? She's so out. She rolled over. She rolled over. What's wrong with you? Went, what is wrong what with you? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I went, oh, I got really hungry. She was like, have you eaten the entire pack, multi-pack of quavers? And I went, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. And she went, you've already brushed your teeth as well. I went, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is so, so dark, dark. <laughs> just rolling over and just pulling out the family pack of quavers. Oh, genius. <laughs> Briefly, before we talk about the actual rugby, is Chris Robshaw the poshest man in the history of the world? Yes. He's, he's up there. England Pla. England Pla. England Pla. England Pla. England Pla. What's that story? That's, Come on. That, only, that originates from a, a Quinn's away game. We played Bayonne away, I think, and then ended up getting, or Beeritz away or someone. Anyway, he was giving it the beer. He was like... He was shit-faced. He was completely ball-banged. You were training in a like, club, weren't you, or something like that? Don't worry, I'll sort us out, I'll sort us out. So we end up standing outside this club, and it's rammed. And there's a group of us, and he's just, like, swaying and trying to persuade these French bouncers to let us in. And he's like, oh, come on, come on, bloody hell, <laughs> bloody hell. Oh, uh, look, OK. England player, England player, England player, uh, uh, Wales player... Uh, academy player, academy player, academy player, uh, England player, England captain. Like it was, it was, it was. I might have spiced a little bit, but he definitely said England player, England player, England player, and that stuck. I can't remember the last time you didn't call him England player. It's Chris Robshaw, England player, isn't he? That's just in my mind. That's how it is. He's England player. England player. It's an England player. Out, please. Thank you. Out, please. <laughs> he just said out, <laughs> Have you just right. told a servant to get yeah. out? I'm all set now. Uh, sorry, what's this fucking sorry, noise? What? <laughs> Someone <laughs> hoovering a table. <laughs> someone's, someone's standing down a table in the background. Cheers, boys. Take care. It's the Joe Show, you're sitting on the front row Always helping you grow all the things that you know So vote with your feet, tell the people you meet And if you want a treat, reach for a bag of meat Mile High Club Indeed, I have heard of such a thing. Oh, you've heard of it. Just heard of it, that's fine. (laughs) I think of it and I go, well, it's just the toilets, surely. Surely that it's just a discreet little... Right, I'm going to the toilet. You wink, I wink. Both end up in the toilet. How are they getting away with that? Surely you've seen some. No? Well, 
you're usually quite busy on a flight. So you're, you know, as crew, mm. you're, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And, the, you know, the toilets are usually by a galley. So unless you're sat there on your break while they do the deed, mm. um, it's quite hard to monitor, you know, who's going in and out of the toilets. Um, I have seen a couple of people post shall we say, uh, emerging from the lavatoires. In relaxed, in a, relaxed body language. Well, a little bit flushed. Mm. <laughs> How have you seen them? How do you know that? Because they've both come out at the same they've time? they've both come out, yeah. <laughs> and then do you ever go up to them and go, hiya, are you okay? Everything all right? Did, you, it, did someone come in to help you because you got stuck? or uh, Just uh, an, a knowing look. Uh, is usually enough, and they, you know they get very embarrassed and, okay. and off they toddle. But uh, I have had uh, some people trying to get a little bit frisky in situ in their seats, <gasps> wanking off under a blanket. Well, they they hadn't got to that point yet. <laughs> they hadn't got. To, they did ask me for a blanket. Uh, ah, I'm glad you said ask me for a blanket, but there was a small pause that went, they did ask me to wank them up off. under the blanket, fine. Well, I said that wasn't in the job description. Fine. Um, <laughs> yes, but I, I had to uh, politely decline. No Hang one. on, you refused the service of, sorry, you, pol- <laughs> <laughs> you politely declined wanking them off, that's fine, yep. but did you refuse the service of a blanket? I did. Because you, you had a funny feeling? Well, I didn't have a funny feeling. I knew exactly what they were going to be doing, and I didn't want to pick that blanket up at the end of the flight. <laughs> Surely it would be better to have the blanket, though, than the seats and stuff well, like that. And... <laughs> if people wanted to, um, because this, you know we're, we're open-minded on this podcast show, aren't we? Um, if they wanted to get away with it, Damien, is there any sort of tips or techniques that you could recommend? <laughs> Are you are you frowning upon it, or are you kind of like look fair play for having having the guts to do it? Oh, and you, yeah. let, you, you know you're not going play. up and telling them off. No, I have uh, I have observed people on their en route to the uh, to the lavatories <laughs> and have uh, discreetly looked the other way um, before, or taken myself off to the other end so I don't <laughs> have to uh, hear what's going on. Is it legal? Well, surely it depends. Yeah. Not Does the air have any laws? Yeah, there are laws that... Yeah, in the air? In the air, yeah. How can... No one owns the air, do they? <laughs> do they own the air? We're subject to British law. But what if you're flying we're a British over... British airline, yeah. But, but so you're, you're crossing the channel. Like, where's British air and where's French air? It doesn't matter what airspace you're in, because you're... Because the air that's been enclosed in that <laughs> capsule is, is, is British. British. This is British and air. And that's just being <laughs> circulated. Yeah. This air is British. And when British. they open the door and the fresh air from the host country circulates, French it's air. their air. Yeah, French air. <laughs> ah, hello and welcome. To... Oh, it would be Mandela Airline, actually, Mandela wouldn't it? Airlines. Hello. Welcome aboard Mandela Airlines. <laughs> I am here to give you a united performance of how to apply your seatbelt. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and let the good times roll. <laughs> 
I've just been informed you do a really good Michael Caine. Well, that's for other people to decide. But um, <laughs> so, if you were to be the Michael Caine airline, um, yeah, that, that's come about because uh, I actually had him on a flight once. Yeah, yeah. Um, Surely you didn't go up to him and say, "Please, can you just do loads of these lines so that yeah, I can practice impressions?" A whole, whole long list of <laughs> sayings. Uh, no, he was he was lovely, but. Um, when you get on a flight, they bring you a, a long list and it has the names of everyone that's on board. And obviously, people have to travel under the name that's on their passport. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm looking under the, uh, at the list and 1A, Maurice Micklewhite, yeah. which is his real name. What? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine? Yeah. Michael Caine is not called Michael Caine? No. His name's Morris Micklewhite. Yeah. Morris Micklewhite. Yep. <laughs> That's his real name. So the surname is Micklewhite. And he changed that to Michael Caine. <laughs> Do we know why? Do you know why the story of this is? Imagine why are you it... changing Morris Micklewhite? That is an incredible name. <laughs> you're Surely you're keeping that name. But yeah, I've argued the toss about who, to, who was going to serve him. Because obviously when there's you know, a celebrity on board, people are like, oh, I want to serve them, I want to serve them. So, you know, I, I, I won out on that. I was like, oh, uh, Mr. Kane, can, you know, can I get you anything? Uh, yeah, I'll have a cup of tea and if you've got one... A biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the room. It's very good. That it's is very so good. good. That is so good. I would just, I would sit next to him. Yeah. I would just sit there and go, can you say that again for can me? You just, so, can you just talk? Biscuit. Can you say biscuit? Biscuit. biscuit. Just keep saying. No, a little bit more. Okay. Biscuit. Biscuit. <laughs> Are all the Ninors the same Ninors? No, I think they're different. Each what? Each ambulance we've got has got three different sounds. That's it. Give us a quick demo. Ambulance sound one. Uh, <laughs> ambulance sound two. <laughs> That's like it's broken. Ambulance sound <laughs> three. Wee <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you've not really committed to them. You've not really committed to them at all. Each of them do different things. Like the two-tone one is when you're going on a straight road, it projects the sound further. The second one is like if you're going through cities, it spreads out wider. And the third one, I don't know what the third one's for, actually. I don't know. (laughs) That's the shittest one anyway. You don't need to know. Our guest today is Lena. Lena is a grand master barber and she's from Coventry and she happens to be a listener of this very show. Welcome, Lena. Hi, you guys. You're right. <laughs> the hair, Lena, that you see on a barber's floor. Yeah. Does anything ever happen to that hair? It tends to be like a centimetre of hair each time kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it's too short to make into a wig. But somewhere I used to work, um, he used to bundle it up and he knew somebody who had monkeys and birds. And he used to give it to her and she used to like give it the birds for, to make their nests and the monkeys used to play ah, with it. Yes. That is great. That is great. And that is very nicely leading me on to this bird nest that we found in our garden made of beans hair so bean juanito is our cavapoo that we've got that doesn't know his name um not because it's too hard to know but 
he's thick um <laughs> and he's got human eyes but we shaved him during lockdown just for, ki- just than, for kicks yeah to, no not for kicks because he was too long and no. he got all matted it was to help him and we did it outside because you know safe's clearing up a bit and we just left it and a couple of months later i'm going out in the garage and I can hear like tweet 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 tweet. tweet. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! I get the kids out. I was like, kids, there's there's going to be a nest out here. I can hear the birds. They're like, oh where? Tweet 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 tweet. And we find it. It is a nest. There's these eggs in it. And the bird, the mother bird's like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like giving us the eye. What's she saying? Dude, the fuck away from me, eggs. Tweet you fucking fucking get you with my beak. Anyway, we didn't touch it because you're not meant to touch no. it because apparently the, I think the mother abandons them or something because oh, of the smell or something like that. So you go, I was like, kids, no, no, it's there. But we were looking at it and we're like, it's got all these twigs and shit and then a mixture of white and orange hair. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck? And we're getting a bit closer. And it was Bean's hair. I think they could have used all that hair in barbershops to make pillows. You know, like they have duck yeah. feather quilts. Why don't you just whack a load of old people's hair in... Why is it specifically old people? Why don't you just whack a load of hair in pillows and regenerate it like that? You know, this is going to sound really weird, but hair is like really straight. But I always get like hair splinters. So you wouldn't want that in a pillow because it's like digging it. No! Have you ever had a hair splinter? I've had them in the worst places you can imagine. I get them like in my bra. My husband, seriously, my husband, um, quite often he's got the tweezers and he has to go like down the side of my bra where it like goes around my back and has to pull the (laughs) hair splinters out. But if you're really unlucky and you get the hair follicle bed into the skin as well, the hair can regrow. (gasps) What? What? Oh, God. You're like, you could surrogate grow someone else's hair. Oh, no. I think we know what we need to do, Tom. Lena, when you do your barbershop uh, sweepings, could you just keep a small bag back and, big, and big send it back. to the Joe Marla show? <laughs> what colour would you like, Joe? <laughs> uh, no, let's let's have a mixture. Yeah, it'd be let's, nice, let's go it? all crazy. Yeah. You know a bit of mean? everything, yeah. Actually, when you think about it, a barber is more than just someone that's cutting your hair, isn't it? You know, we are a bit of a therapist for people because we are not um, people they're going to see every day. We're not in their house. We're not going to slip up to their wives or their family and say anything. Um, And what's said in the barber chair tends to stay in the barber chair unless it's, you know, bordering dangerous. What, like like a vicar? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that, yeah. What's the rules on vicars, actually, whilst we're That If I went to... So, Tom, you're a vicar. Okay. Hello, vicar Tom. Hello, Joel. What's that? (laughs) I've made myself a priest rather than a vicar. So okay, hello, me. priest Tom. Joe, you must have committed a lot of sins. Come in, my, my I son. have. I've got a body in my car right now. Just murdered someone. Christ. No, I can't say Christ. Crikey. Are you going to tell anyone that? No, but your penance, my son, is to go to the police and confess your sin. Okay. And but, then say a thousand Hail Marys. But you're not you're not telling anyone. You're not allowed to because that's your cra- Hippocratic Oath or whatever that it's is. It's not a Hippocratic Oath, but it's the, the, the priestly equivalent of it. Yeah, you're being a hypocrite now. Mm. What have you heard, Lena? What sort of things have you heard? Oh, one of the best ones I had. It haunted me for years. When I worked in a salon, I had this um, lovely lady in having a highlights done and a cut and blow dry. And we'd um, I'd put the colour on and the foils were in and I'd moved her off to the side section um, under the climber zone to cook. And I had this younger girl booked in in between and she was going on about... Um, this married man that she was seeing and they were having this really great relationship and you know she was really in love with him and 20 minutes before 
you know where this is going. The oh, woman, the what? older woman was telling me about that she thought her husband was having an affair. I put two and two together. This young girl keeps looking at this other woman out the corner of her eye and I'm thinking, oh, shit. Yeah, okay, the penny dropped. So that was the quickest cut and blow dry I've ever done to just get her out the shop because I thought there's oh, so scissors around. The first lady didn't realise. No, she oh. didn't realise. Thank God. Whoosh. Yeah, I was I was quite lucky with that. But with- well, she probably struggled to hear Tom because she was being cooked under this fucking giant. Thing <laughs> that you said you put her on and shoved her in the corner of the. What sort of barbershop are you fucking running? Well, that was in? a lady's salon. Oh, it was a lady's yeah. salon. Yeah, but even still, you shoved her off in a corner and put set fire to her in head. a side section and put the climber zone on. Climazone. What's a climazone? It's like the big spaceship thing that goes around your head and it oh, kind yeah. of heats What's... up a little bit. Oh, climate. Climazone. Like a climate. Yeah. I thought... What, you feel it's like a step machine, a climazone. Yeah. <laughs> There's a zone Work you on go... your buns. Yeah, it's like a gym slash barber. You know, you oh, come here no. to get your hair cut and get shredded, you know, shit like that. Sorry. <laughs> Have you ever hurt yourself or hurt a uh, patient? Um, not really my patients, um, but I have taken the end of my index finger off. How have you taken the end of your index finger so, off cutting hair? Um, I was cutting hair, chatting away, minding my own business, chatting bollocks. And <laughs> I, I went to cut the hair and I chopped through the top of my finger, through the nail bed as well. And I saw something fly over my shoulder and I kind of looked, thought, oh, OK, and carried on. Didn't think anything of it. And then I felt something warm on my arm. And I, I, I kind of looked, saw there was loads of blood dripping down my arm. And I looked at the customer to check that I hadn't cut them. And they were looking like horrified at me, white as a ghost. And I, I remember just saying, oh, um, back in a minute. And I had to kind of wrap my hand up in as much tissue and micropore as I could. I went back, finished the haircut. And the guy was just looking absolutely terrified at me. And when I, I held up the mirror afterwards and said, is that all right? He kind of just nodded silently and got out the chair and walked off. He was just... I think he was about to pass out, to be honest. Um, and I had to get my husband to come and find me at the back of the shop. And he followed the trail of blood up the shop oh. to the sink. And I had my, my head and my hand hanging over the sink. Yeah, and blood was everywhere. But I got two weeks off work for that. Two weeks? Because yeah. if you get no, a hair in it or anything... longer than that. I know, I think I should have got longer. <laughs> you expect that? <laughs> have you been practising? Lena... I'm sorry it's over. I hope you had fun with me and Tom Tom. <laughs> Goodbye. Love you guys. Bye. She wasn't weirded out by that goodbye at all, was she? And that is it for part one. Now, don't worry, as the fact I've called it part one might indicate, we have made a second part. It is called part two. Yeah? Now, just look on your podcast feed and you will find it. Oh, and as you've got your phone in your hand, go to joemarla.co.uk forward slash shop and get yourself a bubble hat. They are marvellous. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.